you have to persevere, right? Like you, you can only, you only fail if you quit. So the point is, iterate, tweak. We are here today on the Gravity Podcast with Scott Donnell. All right, Scott Donnell's a serial entrepreneur, has dedicated his life to both physical and mental health. He is the founder of Apex Leadership Company, a fitness and fundraising program for schools. Apex has raised $75 million for schools and now has 116 franchises and 3 million customers. Most recently, Scott has joined the biotech world as the CEO of Happy. Happy specializes in ultra-low frequencies. And with its patented technology, it can record small magnetic fields from chemical solutions. With the use of a wearable device, Happy can deliver dozens of safe, comfortable feelings to your body at the click of a button. You can feel alert, calm, relaxed, sleepy, or focused, just to name a few. Happy products hit the market in March and has the potential to be what Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach calls the next consumer-generated revolution. And uh, Scott, it's awesome to have you here. I'm really excited. I know this is a big time for you. You're you got a lot going on, but it's uh, fun to have you here and look forward to hearing your story. Yeah, thanks, Brett. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, so let's uh, start at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about kind of these early days, how your kind of early childhood was shaped, your family dynamics, kind of give me give me the early story. Yeah, okay. I love interviews like this. I don't think I've ever had one. Usually people want to know about how much money you have. This is great. This is 10,000 times better. So, no, we want, we want to hear the good stuff. Yeah, the, the, the stuff. real yeah. stuff. Fine by me. This is way better. So, yeah, I was, I was born up on Whidbey Island, north of Seattle. Live in Phoenix now. I've got a twin sister, Stacy, and uh, I've got an older sister, Kelsey. Yeah, my older sister has spina bifida. And that, you know, when, I'm, when I think about like the hit stories of my life, that was probably one of the biggest ones. My sister was, you know, 11 major life-threatening surgeries before we were like 12. And uh, we spent most of our time in children's hospitals. And, you know, it was, Kelsey was, you know, she was the, she was two years older than me, but, she, you know, it, making sure she was healthy was like the family's number one priority. I think from a very early age, I quickly assumed like oldest son, oldest brother kind of uh, this this idea of like protecting my sisters and protecting the family and providing for everyone and because there was just a lot less energy to go around to parent me so I was basically on my own uh, from the get go I have great parents awesome family very entrepreneurial four generations my ancestors came across the Oregon Trail my grandpa my my dad's side invented the rope toe for skiing my grandpa on my mom's side created Interwest Bank, one of the top business small bank in America, sold to Wells Fargo in 2001, 88 branches. He was Ronald Reagan's bank chair. How cool is that? Wow. This is great. Yeah. Right? So I just it have it. It's really in, my, in the blood. It's in the blood, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just from the get-go, I was unemployable. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, uh, you know, my dad's a prolific entrepreneur as well. Tons of amazing investments and, you know, helped a ton grow the bank. He was their chief marketing officer. Basically, he and my grandpa did it. And uh, yeah, so that's just been us. And by the way, it's four generations of crushing it in business and not passing on a penny. Interesting. Not because they squandered it, but because they gave it away. So our, we're, we are a total teach you to fish family. And uh -huh. so like my college, they had like, you know, 
20 grand. They're like the rest, you got to pay for yourself. And you can, if you can make more, you can keep the rest of that 20, but here you go. It was an amazing mm-hmm. gift, right? Mm-hmm. But that's it. No investments, none of that other stuff. It's just like, figure it out and we'll teach you everything you need to know to be uh, self-sufficient in life. And so, yeah, I mean, and my first business was in third grade. <laughs> I love business. It's uh, from the get-go. It's, oh my gosh, it's right here. That is <laughs> awesome. Check this out. This, so we, we started a business called um, myfirstsale.com this year when COVID hit. Okay. And what it does is it teaches kids entrepreneurship from ages like uh-huh. seven to 15. We teach them all these cool like three-minute videos on profit and pitch and how to find your passion and literally start a small product. And then we give you a storefront to sell it on our website, myfirstsale.com. We bring you a ton of sales. And the mm-hmm. kids are making like five, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks on their launch day. It's like a three-week program. Then you don't have to have it forever. It's just a quick, fun family project that teaches you all about these free market principles. Here's my first business. Third grade, bead gecko keychains. Look at this. I, I, <laughs> my mom found this and shipped it to me last year. And I've been like having it on my desk ever That's since. That's so great. So, That's you know. So great. Let, let, let me back up and just kind of hop in for a second because um, there's a lot there and it's really... Uh, a great story already. Um, but but I want to focus on the experience that you had with your sister yeah. and this idea that you, you know, really had to kind of be the man of the house or the adult kind of, you know, pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more. What what was that like to kind of, you know, know that her health and and kind of, you know, that that was at the forefront of of everything. And, and for good reason, but you know, you're a kid, you're having to kind of do some adult things. I'm guessing maybe, you know, your life is kind of to some degree, maybe put on hold a little while you're doing sure. this, you know, tell me about that. What was that like? And, and kind of how did that impact you? Yeah. So my, my sister, Kelsey, they spent so much time in the hospital. I mean, it's crazy. So for those of you who don't understand spina bifida, you're born with like a quarter sized hole the top of your spine and it can build up fluid in your shunt in your brain. You can immediately have seizures out of nowhere. You know, it affects your maturation, your development. So she was wearing crutches, she's in a wheelchair. All of a sudden she would accidentally fall and break several bones and we'd have to go straight to the hospital. All of a sudden she'd have a seizure. All of a sudden, you know, just my childhood was like, my parents did an amazing job of giving us security to a degree. But at the same time, it was crazy. Like all of a sudden something crazy would go on and our whole family would be rushed to the hospital for a week. You know, we spent three months in the Chicago Ronald McDonald hospital, actually with a Largent family. If you've ever heard of Steve Largent. Sure. Yeah. yeah they're like some yeah. of our closest family friends, their son uh-huh. Kramer, same age as my sister. So we actually spent a lot of our childhood with them. He taught me how to throw a football. He was the wide yeah. receiver with the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Olympic. Steve Largent well. Yeah. He, yeah. he not only was a great player, but he had kind of a class reputation as a guy. Yep. yep. And yeah. a politician. He's the governor. He's, he's an amazing, amazing guy. So we actually ended up spending a lot of time with their family. Taught me to throw and catch a football. If you can touch it, you can catch it, son, was his <laughs> uh, main quote with all of us. He has three boys, so we would all run routes. And But yeah, I mean, we just spent a lot of time in the making sure she was okay. And I remember I've, I've really only been in a couple fights in my life. Not really any. I'm not a fighter, really. Mm-hmm. Not with my fists. Um, <laughs> but my, in third grade, my sister was like in fifth grade and like was being picked on by like the middle schoolers. And in third grade, I just came out of nowhere. 
like full speed, half the size of these like three guys. And that was like the first fight I'd ever been in. Like mm-hmm. picture a, a Tasmanian devil, right? Like mm-hmm. I just, just, just went after these guys mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. It was just like protector, mm-hmm. provider, just from a very young age. And yeah. Do you think that's that like an instinctual thing? You know, like I could see, you know, some kids maybe are resentful or, 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 or pissed, you know, at a young age. I mean, you know, it just, just naturally, you know, maybe, you know, the idea that you got to be, you know, going to the Ronald McDonald house and leaving your friends and leaving whatever else it is that you value at that age. You know, some people could be, um, you know, pissed, you know, resentful. And yeah. You sound like you were like going into this, uh, leadership kind of wiring and this this loving you know kind of protecting yeah is that just kind of who you are or or yeah. was it you know in part like your your the experience of your sister that made you that way yeah man that's a great question I don't know I uh, I I think it's got to be in your blood to a degree but a lot of this stuff is caught right like our family we were family of faith deep faith mm-hmm. love Jesus and uh, we were never victims mm-hmm. no matter what. Like mm. you get a bad grade, you get screwed. You, you don't make the cut for the sports team. You didn't make it. It's okay. Not mm. everybody gets a ribbon. Not everybody gets a trophy. Mm. Try harder, mm. right? Work harder, mm. uh, become better, right? Like that's kind of our family is like, you can grow, you can develop, you can evolve. Your moral character can develop. Your physical acumen, your business acumen, your grades, like you can progress and it's up to you and your own personal responsibility to do it. We were just, that was from day one, man. And so there was never was, was any that, of this feeling. Was that, was that taught verbally or was that kind of role modeled or how did that kind of come across to you? Yeah, I think it was ev- all of the above. I mean, again, yeah. family of entrepreneurs. I was, I was in the family bank, uh, which was a mile from our house growing up on Whidbey Island, I was shredding papers at six years old. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just in the blood, man. Like my parents, my dad would kick me out of the house at 6 a.m. Okay, this was like when I was like five. Okay, I don't know about today's world, if you could do that. But we we would play in the woods. He said, they said, don't come back until dinner or if you're really hurt, like Mm -hmm. really hurt. And -hmm. it was like my whole childhood, all day, every day, unless we were at school, we were out playing in the woods. We were out by the ocean, literally from the age of five. We were mm-hmm. making tree forts 30 feet up. I mean, it was just like, I think it was part of this, like, make your own way. Like, mm-hmm. learn, you know, my family was busy. And so mm-hmm. we just made our own fun. We made our mm-hmm. own life. And it ended mm-hmm. up just creating this resiliency, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we just had some simple family rules. We're not, like, homework was not even an option. Right. Like, mm-hmm. we're Donald's. We get A's. Mm-hmm. We're Donalds. We do mm-hmm. it. We do it right. We're Donalds. We do it no matter what. And you know, my buddy Chris Smith runs a company called Family Brand. And I realized this over the last year as we created our family's brand with our three kids. Our culture as a family, you need to set up what's your mission and your values as a family. And I realized that you know, Donalds make things better is like one of our favorite family culture pieces. So you make things better with with your friend group. Right, you're a giver more than a taker with your work. You're a servant with your personal, you know, moral stature. Your your acumen, like, make things better. Business. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's the epitome of business. Solve problems and make things better. So Donalds make things better. Donalds are fun and active. Donalds do the right thing. Donalds support each other hundred percent. 
and Donalds are all in, right? Mm. And, and this is your this is your immediate family now. Now this is yeah, but but it children. was my family growing up. Like these are through yeah. lines, right? I mean, this uh-huh. is yeah. What Amy and I realized is this is sort of the vision we want to have for our family as we grow up and the decisions mm-hmm. we make. So and that's and, totally and was, from my childhood. And was that is that like a an exercise that you actually have like sat down mm-hmm. and written out and articulated to your kids. Tell me a little bit about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Right? So my buddy, you know, when we started my first sale and now we've got the biotech company and stuff, but I started my first sale and my buddy, Chris reached out. He's like, oh my gosh, can my kids do this? Right. We got to do this. And so I get to know Chris through Lee Richter, who's another person in strategic sure. coach. Yeah, um, lovely. I get to know him. He's a, fa- a fantastic family man, five kids. And uh, his kids started doing our My First Sale beta program and they started a t-shirt company. Okay, get this. It's called Create or Complain. (laughs) So you can either create or complain. And they've sold like $3,800 in t-shirts on our site, on their page already. They're crushing Mm -hmm. it with their business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Create or Complain is a family value of theirs. And so we got to talking. I'm like, what? This is the coolest idea. They're like, yeah, it's been one of our family values forever. And so I started talking to Chris about it. And he said, yeah, we started this thing called Family Brand. We help families come up with a family value system and a culture system. They create a culture wall. They create a family mission statement. It's actually like a, it's a few week long process that you do with your, with your wife and then your family too. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really cool way to just say, here's who we are. Here's what our family stands for. And, and it dictates all the decisions you make, the dinner table conversations, the, trip, the trips you go on, the way that you raise your kids. And the way that you act as a family is based on all those values. Mm-hmm. It's a great process. It's called familybrand.com. I, I, I advise everyone just, yeah, go over there, do their program. Interesting. Yeah, that, that is great. You know, I think that uh, there's a lot of young families, certainly in the entrepreneurial world. This is an area that I'm personally passionate about. You know, how do we create healthy founders, sustainable founders right. that are holistically supported. This is kind of my venture investing that I'm doing is really trying to expand. As Dan Sullivan says, you know, you don't want to disrupt things. You want to expand them. How do we expand the current venture model so mm-hmm. that that entrepreneurs are holistically supported? And I'm actually, you know, excited to talk to you about um uh, what you're doing now with Happy, because I believe some of these tools, this technology, really can help people live a more holistic and, and well-rounded and full life, and also be creating powerfully. Yeah, um, yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna get to Happy in in a minute. And, okay. Uh, but I want to before we do that, I want to just kind of like go through your journey. I'm also curious, you know, as you you've talked about your childhood. Um, you mentioned you had a twin sister and I'm curious kind of like where she is in all of this and, you know, yeah. kind of how you start to emerge as you start to go through high school, college, like what, what's, what's your life like there? Yeah. So, you know, my sister and I are really close, um, still are. It's funny. We, you know, she was, she's an artist. Um, she's brilliant. She's a, uh, she loves to cook. She, her favorite day would be like a crossword puzzle on a rainy day inside sipping tea. And I could not be further the opposite on all those things, right? Like I want to be outside. I want to be skiing, CrossFit, wakeboard, like just mm-hmm. hiking. I, I, I am a mathematical mind. I'm still extremely creative. Like she is, I just, it's a different medium, mm-hmm. right? She likes to yeah. paint uh, and cook. And I love to start businesses and solve problems and, and engineer a solution, right? Create self-managing mm-hmm. company. 
And it's just so funny. We, you know, we, we used to be super close. She lives in Seattle now. I live in Phoenix. Our politics now are polar opposite. Mm. She's like, you know, Seattle politics. Mm-hmm. I'm Phoenix <laughs> politics. So we, you know, we've kind of gone like this, you know, on a, some of yeah. our viewpoint, all of our viewpoints, it feels like over the last 10 years, but we're still super close. I, it's funny. We, I was a late, late, late bloomer. Okay. Okay. I didn't talk till I was like four. I, the only reason they passed me on kindergarten, first and second grade is because of my twin sister. And they're like, we can't let him be behind. That would be mm-hmm. terrible socially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just, I, I hated reading. I couldn't like see the page at all. Like I just was a different thinker. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I really struggled with that my whole, you know, my whole life. But in third grade, I, I like someone, sh- I was watching someone play chess without ever playing. And all of a sudden, my teacher was like playing chess with all the whole class. And I watched him do one game of chess. And then I played him and I beat him. And I'm like the only third grader that's ever beaten this guy. And he, they, they were like, oh, he's not empty up there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he's just different. And yeah. so I'm a way different thinker about the world mm. than, you know, most other people. You know, so I'm, you know, I, I have a photographic memory, I, but I, I don't like to, like the read and write side, I've just recently enjoyed more. Mm-hmm. It's much mm-hmm. more like I can, I can see machines, I can see numbers, I can see problems. Mm-hmm. I can see visions of, you know, not like a vision vision, but like I can see exactly where something's going to go in 10 years mm-hmm. because of all mm-hmm. the pieces that where my mind is at. So like this, this yeah. thing we built, I had, I had literally the vision for what this would look like, the size the the what happy's going to do giving these like you know signatures of molecules to people to make them feel any way they want to feel the app all this stuff two and a half or two years ago literally just hit me i knew exactly what it looked like i know what's going to look like in 10 years so that is just a kind of a different i don't know wiring inside me that i i slowly started to see as i grew up mm-hmm. so and then that's kind of my life right like mm-hmm. it's funny that you look back through your thread. I broke my ribs and my arms in football. And I said, screw this. I'm doing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I loved, I loved all the sports. I played all the sports, baseball, basketball, yeah. skiing. I did extreme skiing forever, but mm. I broke a bunch of bones in football. And I was like, I ah, forget this. I'm doing tennis. Started yeah. playing tennis my sophomore year, immediately state, like just, it's a great sport. Played it. And then because of that, some random guy from Whitworth sees me playing in state and he goes, you got to come to Whitworth. Mm. And I immediately was like, okay. So I go to Whitworth that sh- you know, changed my whole trajectory of where I went to school. Uh, that was in Spokane, Washington. I, I was 10 different majors. I thought I was going to do pre-med. My uncle's like the top pediatric surgeon at Mayo. I thought I was going to be a, an accountant. I thought I was going to be a pastor. Honestly, mm. I was like, I'm fascinated mm. by theology I was a youth leader. I did tennis lessons, camp directing, like, and then this business thing kept coming through. Like, and then I was, I got written in as student body president in college. Okay. Mm. Didn't even run. Like the whole thousands, <laughs> right thousands in. of that, people brought awesome, me yeah. in and I got, I was president. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting with the president of the school and my theology professor. And they both at the same, there's like, you're not a pastor. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, that's not you. Yeah. And it was the most freeing thing. They said, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You, you think like an entrepreneur. You're a business mind. That can be your mission in the world. Like go yeah. serve people, learn how to do it well, and you'll, you'll help millions more. And maybe someday you'll come back and run this school in 20, 30 years. And we'd be honored to work for you. 
Mm-hmm. You know how yeah, freeing that comment is? Man. Yeah, you know, what, what, what strikes me is kind of going back to that kind of early childhood where you're, you're not speaking, where there's questions about, you know, you know, wh- who is Scott? What, what is Scott? How smart is Scott? Right? Like, th- th- there's these moments where people see you, you know, where you win the chess game, yeah. where, you know, your, your professor's saying, you know, that's not you, yeah. right? Like, people are, are, are along the way, it appears to be seeing you in, in a way that is authentic and then giving you some courage and, and confidence to be yourself. Uh, is that right? I mean, that's oh, yeah. it's kind of coming through and it just seems like, uh, wow, what a gift yeah. that you you got that along the way. Yeah, man. It just little unlocking comments along the way through mentors and people who love me and just tiny things. I can totally see how I got here. I mean, it's crazy. Like I remember in ninth grade, I uh, had an English teacher who was just like, I got a really good grade on my first essay. And this was like going from like private school to public school, right? Like first time being in front of like thousands and thousands of friends at, at a public school. He looks, takes one look at my essay and he's just like, wow. He's like, yeah, you're probably going to be one of, the, one of the top people with this in this class. Boom. I was valedictorian. Mm-hmm. That one comment is, mm-hmm. was all I lived on for four years. And then I get to college mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm in college. All these people are way smarter than me. There's no way. And then mm-hmm. I, I had done some work in one of my classes. And then one of my professors, after the first midterm, I got like a D. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, hmm, very surprising. I, I, thought you'd be the, I thought you'd be one of the top kids mm-hmm. in this entire school. Mm-hmm. And that was all I needed. And then I got mm-hmm. a 4.0 in college mm-hmm. too. Just mm-hmm. this crazy unlocking competitive drive. I don't know. He's just like, I see you as someone else. I got the President's Cup. That led on to my entrepreneurial year-long program in Texas that led on to the business side that led on to my mentors now. I mean, just little comments that mm-hmm. really changed someone's life, good or bad. I mean, I know people that have had yeah. things happen to them that, bam, it just takes you down a, a terrible road. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is interesting because, you know, you know, he says, I thought you'd be one of the top kids. It's an interesting way to kind of challenge somebody, right? You right. heard that as like, oh, he thinks I'm really smart, you know? <laughs> yeah. Some people could hear that as like, oh, he's really disappointed in me. I'm a disappointment, you That's know? That's right. So, you know, it is kind of an interesting thing, you know, one, you know, somebody who knows the way to connect to you, but then also your perspective. I mean, you spend your your time in part, at least now, with, you know, kind of hacking stuff, right? I That's mean. Right. You know, as we get to, you know, happy, you know, you're, you're hacking kind of the, the human experience and these kind of like, uh, comments or, or, you know, um, I don't know, words of wisdom or yeah. kind of challenges along the way and, and are hacks really. Right. They, they, and I mean, he was hacking your brain to get you to go, Oh, yep. you know, I, I am actually smart. That's right. Yeah, I love, you know, Dan Sullivan. I think literally it was a couple weeks ago we were talking about this, yeah. the breakthroughs, right? Yeah. What are the mental breakthroughs in your life? And I, I, a lot of people think that your life is just sort of like this, you know, like hopefully I'll grow, I'll evolve, I'll learn as I get older and die. And I think it's like this, like, boom, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah, yeah. Boom. You know, I, I yeah. think that like there are markers in our lives that create like an explosion to move you forward and to, mm-hmm. to take you in a new direction. And the more of those jumps that we can have, 
I think yeah. the, the better off we're going to be as a society, right? And yeah, as, you know. if people can't see maybe what you're doing for those that aren't watching this on YouTube, you know, it, it's more of like a, 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 a straight line and then a big jump, right? right? And I've had that experience even like within coach or YPO forum or other kinds of, you know, business experiences where it's like, sometimes, you know, I think the message there is like, you got to stay in it. You got to be patient. You got to do the work. And then eventually you're going to get that, that Boom. pop. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk a little bit. I want to just make sure we touch on um, what you have done, the Apex Leadership Company, kind of all the work that you're doing for schools. I mean, clearly being a lifelong, really since, since you know, yeah. a little, little kid, a lifelong entrepreneur and to be able to then see how important that was in your life and, and, and provide some support for others to do that. Just, you, you've talked a little bit about it, but share a little bit more about what you've done in that space. Yeah. So solve problems is sort of my thinking in life. I'm passionate about kids, kids' education, how kids develop is something that's just uh, deep in my heart. You know, I, because probably because I was a product of this as a kid, I, the system wasn't good for me, right? I was not the kid that was good in the system. I was a outside thinker. I was, you know, they thought I had all these pro- problems. Thank God my parents didn't medicate me. I mean, I am mm. a different beast. Yeah, I did really well later in life, but it was because of competition. It wasn't because of the system. It was because somebody said something randomly and I thought, oh, this would be a fun competition, right? Mm-hmm. So when, you know, when I started the entrepreneurial life, uh, after we did, a, I did a one-year grad school pro- program called the Acton School of Entrepreneurship in Austin, Texas. Fantastic program. It's run like The Apprentice. If you, it's the mm-hmm. top 35 entrepreneurs from around the country between their, in their 20s and 30s. Amazing. If you pass, it's free. If you fail, it's 50 grand. And wow. A third of us had to fail. It was ranked. You're ranked every day with the words you say. We're going door to door sales, cold calling, like building call centers. It was fantastic. Anyway, I became really close with Jeff Sandifer, who's the founder of that program. And he's still one of my closest friends and mentors to this day. And he taught me a new way of thinking about how to educate kids uh, where you're not doing it. The kids are doing it. The kids go on a hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. The kids learn by doing. They, they create projects. You, you tell the first graders, hey, you guys are in charge of the newsletter. And guess what? They're reading and writing in three months. You know, mm-hmm. forget this. Let's trace our A's until Bobby can figure it out next month, right? They, you unlock kids. And if you can unlock kids, they have massive success and massive jumps. And so that's just been fascinating to me, right? Reading Solomon Khan, Khan Academy, right? The one room school, the one world schoolhouse, or sorry, one room schoolhouse, like all these amazing unschooling rules amazing books on how to help kids learn. And so that sparked a company. My, my wife now, I'm, I moved here to Phoenix to marry her, Amy, 10 years ago. And she's a first grade teacher. And she was complaining about a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, our fundraising, we don't get the funds. Our kids aren't, you know, learning, struggling learning. There's no money for like fitness programs and after school and leadership programs. And so I basically created Apex Fun Run to help her school. What it is, it's like a two-week leadership and fitness program. We bring in young athletes right out of college in local cities, and then they teach kids leadership for two weeks and fitness, and the kids are getting pledges from family and friends for the big run at the end of the two weeks, okay? And then the kids are running like 36 laps around the huge track, blow up tunnels. They all get jerseys. The parents are cheering them on. 
And the school, we, we did our first school and it, the school made like 50 grand. They, they netted twice as much as they'd ever made before. And it was hassle-free. They, had, they hadn't had that much fun ever as a school because mm-hmm. our teams are young. They wear neon orange. They inspire the kids every day. They give them a character leadership program. They take them through this journey and the kids, it sticks, man. These yeah. kids are now like the first year, they're in college now and they still remember us from like first grade. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. And yeah, it, just really ex- great. it just exploded. Now we've got 100 franchises nationwide. Um, we get a cut of the funds to cover our costs. We make a little bit, we move on, right? We just do this mm. over and over with thousands and thousands of schools. So we started franchising it in 2013. We were on mm-hmm. Entrepreneur Magazine, top fastest, you know, growing franchises for years and years and years. My wife's school, they made, they went from making 7,000 net at product sales, which you remember product sales when we were kids. <laughs> right. uh, we're kind of replacing those, right? Making it healthy and fun and they made 21,500 $21, their first time with us. So that's awesome. That just exploded. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Tell me, I'm just curious, you know, how do you manage your time <laughs> as it pertains to, you know, kind of being involved in so many different things, you know, and I know that you're, you know, CEO of Happy and, and I'm guessing that's kind of your primary yes. focus today. Um, and, and I want to talk about kind of how you got to that and, and, and want you to tell us about happy. But before you do, just tell me, you know, kind of your time management. You know, we, we, we both are big fans of Dan and strategic coach, time management systems. Tell me a little bit about kind of how you balance all the many things that you're involved in. Well, I can't say I've done it perfectly. Uh, definitely have had some mental breakdowns in the process, burnout, but this whole idea of a self-managing company, like if, if you can combine Dan Sullivan's thinking of a self, not just managing, but a self-multiplying company that runs on its own without you, that is every entrepreneur's dream, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that mindset is what you have to have to start, okay? And then mm-hmm. have, having free focus and buffer days is huge. Managing your time, only doing your unique ability, all those Dan Sullivan genius things. Mm-hmm. Then I, Gino Wickman's been really helpful with EOS, Entrepreneur mm-hmm. Operating System, thinking about traction and building a yeah. system of reporting, a system of you know quarterly rocks, weekly meetings. I have an integrator in each mm-hmm. of the businesses. So I'm the visionary. Yeah. Okay. So my goal is content, vision, strategy, biggest you know, partnerships and where we're going, the biggest jumps in the business. Then I have an integrator under me for each of the businesses, not for uh, happy yet because I'm building, still building happy. But for my first sure. sale, one of my best friends, Trav from grad school is now the CEO. He's the integrator running the ship at my first sale for the kids. Mm-hmm. Apex, I've got uh, my top franchisee and my partner, Jeremy. So Nathan and Jeremy are running it with their team. They have all of their you know, weeklies. They have all their reporting. They're just growing the franchise system. And so mm-hmm. I help with theme there. I help with content. I help with you know, strategic marketing initiatives, but mostly they're waking up and thinking about it all day, every day, not me. Yeah. yeah. And so that Tell frees me, me up to do happy, right? The biotech company. Yeah, and and and, and we're going to get there, I promise. Uh, but I'm, I'm just still intrigued. You know, I also love... Uh, you know the the systems, all, everything you just described, including Gino's work, and I'm imagining what he's doing now. Leap is also probably really oh, yeah. helpful. I, I, I am. He's coming on my podcast at three o'clock today. 
So, okay, yeah, I think he's on mine uh, this week too, but yeah. uh, or next week. But but uh, you know, I love that system. Also, these systems are so freeing. I think that's the word you used, and it's it's exactly how I've yeah. experienced it. Just tell me, you know, last question on this from a kind of uh, unique ability standpoint, and having these integrators really running these businesses. What is, are you sitting in an L10? Do you hop in like on a quarterly and annual? Like, is it, what is the communication like for you to be able to stay involved, add value, doing the things that you love, your unique ability? Yeah. So, Apex, I mean, I drove Apex for eight years straight. Like, I was the guy. I had every single position in the business. So, I, I know it inherently, right? Every franchisee, trusts me and what I can say because I've done every spot in the business, right? And mm-hmm. and so unless you have that level of not you can't just start a business and hire somebody else. I guess you get you can, but you won't know anything. So for me, I want to make sure I know intimately the every piece of the business and then having an integrator come in and then take that over, train them up and have them be the person that moves the strategic initiatives forward in the business is really valuable. So like with Apex, I have enough knowledge intimately of the business where all I have to do is be on a monthly call. Mm-hmm. That's it. I get a monthly mm-hmm. update call from the executive team. It's a two-hour mm-hmm. call. I get mm-hmm. all my numbers, all my rocks. Uh, we go through everything together. And then I'm just asking the questions I need to ask. And then they're good. Mm-hmm. And then there's something cool I find out through networking or marketing. I'm in Genius Network. So every time I'm there, yeah. there's 10 things we want to do differently. So I'm passing things on for them right. to analyze and you know implement throughout the business. Same with my first sale. It's just passing mm-hmm. on info. I'm doing vision. I'm doing content. I'm doing the, the podcast. My unique ability is, is vision, solving mm-hmm. the, the major problem and setting up the system as well as speaking, training, coaching. I love mm-hmm. content and, and building and I can see good stories, right? Like I love crafting amazing stories of our customers and mm-hmm. sharing that with a lot of other people. That's one of my unique abilities. And so storytelling and speaking and training, that's all where I feel great every day. If that's yeah. all I had to do, I'm good. So that's what I want to do across the businesses. Yeah. You and I have a lot of overlap in our unique abilities. We could probably talk a lot about that, but I do really want to give you an opportunity because I'm really excited about what you're doing with Happy. I think it's amazing. I love these, the, the, the kind of um, merger of technology and, and health and wellness and, and, and psychology and, yep. you know, optimizing the, the, the human experience is really the thing that I'm most passionate about. Uh, all the modalities that allow humans to feel better, to live. So I'll let you talk about happy, but why don't you tell uh, the audience, you know, what is it? And 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 I also want to hear not just what is it, what are you doing, but I want to hear how did you arrive yeah. at it? How did that become your latest and greatest? Yeah. So I am not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not the PhDs that built this tech, but I'm a problem solver and a, and a, promoter and a marketer, and I can see marketing like an engine, right? I I can see the stories. So this technology for happy is a ultra low frequency drug signal therapy uh, that's 18 years old from a company out of Seattle that we licensed the tech from that's working in the medical space. The company's called Emulate Therapeutics. I invested in that company in 2006, all right? A bunch of money, like all that I had almost actually, because they were working on people with brain cancer. They still are going through FDA. It's crazy. They've helped hundreds of people. 
what they can do, it, the scientists that invented this, I mean, the guy who's invented Cialis, Dr. Kenneth Ferguson's our chief scientist at the parent company, unbelievable crew. They took this technology from the Navy and they were able to, it's called magnetometer technology. Okay. They were able to use this tech that the Navy uses to like listen for nuclear submarines, like this magnetic frequency reading recording tech. It's like a propane tank. They were able to take it and tweak it and mess with it for four years in the labs to be able to turn it into listening in at the molecular level of molecules, like solvated molecules in solution, like, like coffee, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a happy hour drink, like a muscle relaxant, right? And mm-hmm. so the first signal that they got after four years of work was Taxol, which is a chemo drug. Mm-hmm. And they got the signal that helps people um, get the effects of Taxol without any of the toxicological side effects. It's through a frequency. And people are like, bullshit. <laughs> There's no way that's possible. Well, let me ask you this. How do non-covalent bonds work? Okay, this is what it all comes down to. There's covalent bonds and there's non-covalent bonds. We can mimic the non-covalent bonds to a degree in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a non-covalent bond is not a chemical bond. So you don't need a physical lock and key enzyme substrate model there. A, a, mm-hmm. a non-covalent bond is an exchange of electrons at the end of the day. It's a charge. Mm-hmm. Ibuprofen is non-covalent. Aspirin is covalent. We can't do that, okay? Mm-hmm. But ibuprofen and other things like it right? Hormones, stimulants, those types of things. We can create um, a frequency at the end of the day, a very Mm -hmm. precise 20 million data point frequency between zero and 22 kilohertz that plays onto your body very safely, very softly. It's like one thirty thousandth of what your phone throws out, right? Like in Mm -hmm. frequency. Very, very soft. That's why this was fuzzy. I deposit because this blocks out outside noise, blocks out EMF, and it just plays a very tiny, precise signal that triggers a sensation. It triggers mm-hmm. a response in the body, certain receptors. It makes you feel like you've had the molecules in our app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alert. That comes from yeah. coffee, energy drinks. It's an energy it's a stimulant focus that triggers you know, the nicotinian. We have uh, muscle relaxants. We have a calm signal that literally like mellows you out. Netflix and mm-hmm. calm is like what everybody does with it. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a sleepy signal that everyone loves. They put it on their pillow at night mm-hmm. and it delivers sleep aids, the effects mm-hmm. of them while you're sleeping and their aura ring stats are like crushing it. So mm-hmm. is, it, is it, it's something you hear, feel both? Is it, you know, tell me, you don't tell me hear a little. It. No, it's, okay. it's inaudible. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is a magnetic field at the end of the day. Got it. It is okay. playing the, the tiny frequency through this white mm-hmm. space magnetic field mm-hmm. onto your body. So a magnetic field, if you look at the Earth's magnetic field, right? Like what I'm getting here is like an egg. It's like mm-hmm. a foot by foot block of a magnetic field onto my neck and my head. And it's delivering, it's playing this very, very precise frequency that is created to match and imitate what the molecules non-covalent bonds would do to the body. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. And it's very simple. It's very, you just turn it on and bam, you play the signal. It's a playlist. I know yeah. not everybody can see it, but yeah. Yeah. choose from the playlist what you want. And so we've got yeah. thousands of people now that are using that's this thing awesome. every day. And yeah. you, know, you can use it for when you wake up in the morning, right? So yeah. I have to say this, people are like, I like coffee. I like alcohol. I like cigar. Like what, why would I stop doing those things? You don't have to stop doing those things. You just don't have them readily available 
And uh-huh. some people like cutting back. They like replacement, yeah. you know, so do it with sure. those things. I actually do my, the happy signal mimics a couple happy hour drinks. Okay. Um, it feels like a flush, euphoric, uh-huh. takes the edge off. It's a fantastic signal. In fact, we have a virtual happy hour. Get it happy. Yeah. And every, we have hundreds of people coming on today. <laughs> That's so great. And they're all going to come on Zoom. We're going to announce the, the IPO tomorrow, which is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Congratulations. Dan Sullivan's coming on to share because he's been loving this thing for like seven weeks now. And yeah. a bunch of people are just joining with the, And we're all going to play happy. The, the happy oh. signal. How fun is that, right? It's so great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think this is just really kind of where things are headed. I mean, I've... I've been using Whoop and O-ring and you know uh, Chili Pad and you know just kind of you know getting into all the ways to to help ourselves feel better yep. and navigate you know kind of the human experience and this this industry just appears to still be so early you know the free zone frontier Dude. I mean, there's there's oh. so much here I mean. And, and, you know, for you to be kind of right at this time, yeah. Um, I know you hit the market in March, right? We started uh, on Indiegogo. Yeah. Okay. Um, just for fun. We didn't need the money. We raised eight and a half million for this IPO in Toronto tomorrow. So, but we, we, we set a goal of like 15, 20 grand just to see how our uh, marketing would convert. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't put the science on there, which actually created a bunch of trolls and stuff. But we mm-hmm. finally did our placebo blinded studies in May and then all the trolls shut up. Is awesome. Mm-hmm. We show, we're like, mm-hmm. hey, everyone can tell if this thing's on or not. And if it's between alert and sleepy, even if it's sham, it might be off like 100% accurate. Okay. Right. So everyone, right. everyone was like, okay, we're good. And, and now if yeah. you use it, that's what we tell people. It's like, hey, just try it. It's 30 day money back guarantee. It's yeah. going to be awesome. So if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back plus a Starbucks gift card or something. Yeah. Uh, but if you like it, enjoy it. Right. So we launched Indiegogo. We only wanted to sell like 50 of these units. We sold 1,500 units. Unbelievable. It was like the top Indiegogo. And they put us all over these blogs and lists and rankings. And it was really, I mean, Dave Asprey posted, he's one of our main investors, Jim yeah. Quick, you know, yeah. all, all these amazing people. Uh, Joe Polish yeah. opened up the world to us too as an investor. Yeah. And so it's been been really cool with this group of people. We just now caught up on manufacturing. So now we're building our next 10,000 units for yeah. the, the holiday season. But yeah, man, it's been a crazy ride this year. So our website just launched two weeks ago. So now you can buy it at happy.com, H-A-P-B-E-E.com. Yeah. Scott, this is great. And I know you've got a lot going on the IPO tomorrow. I appreciate you taking some time. Any kind of final thoughts or words of wisdom, anything you want to leave with the audience, certainly how to find you, um, you know, where, where, where people can, you know, see what you're up to, anything you want to share in closing. No, man. I mean, just to the entrepreneurs out there, you just got to keep going. Like I I didn't even get into all the failures and all the crazy Mm -hmm. things. Each of these companies has 10 failures within them. Things you try, Mm -hmm. things we wasted money on, you know, COVID hit. And, you know, the Apex business had 500 employees, you know, and 3 million kids we've served and it went down to nothing for the last seven months, right? Mm -hmm. That, Mm -hmm. you know, that drives you insane. You know, you go broke. Now we're just yeah. picking it up again and it's, you know, kids are coming back in school and we're picking it up again. But man, like things like that, you just, you have to persevere, right? Like yeah. you, you can only, you only fail if you quit. So the point is iterate, tweak, figure out a way 
And uh, just because you, it didn't work out the first time, you know, how, the, what was the light bulb? 10,000 tries Edison did to get the light bulb, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every business is, is just a couple tries away from mega success. You have to think that way. You know, I look at it like this. Okay, Facebook, do you know how many A-B a, tests Facebook has every day? I don't. It's like, like 50,000. Yeah. yeah. So they are testing. An A-B is, for everyone who's listening, an A-B is where you like tweak an image, tweak the words, tweak how the page mm-hmm. looks, tweak how different things go on the site to see what's better and what's worse. That's a test. Yeah. And there's failures. There's you know 49,000 failures, right? Every mm-hmm. day at Facebook, because what they're doing is they're doing small, cheap tests and experiments to find out what's going to get them better. And each win is a mega win. I mean, Bezos was the one that said, all I need is a, a win. So if, yeah. if a win is a thousand times more valuable, I'm going to go through 900 of the notes and the losses because I'll learn. Yeah. It's not a lose, it's a learn. So that's my encouragement to everybody out there because it's a crazy time, I know, but just hang in there and keep going and grit and resourcefulness are the two keys you need. Yeah, I think that's great. It's a great way to wrap up. And certainly your life has really uh, been that. You've learned at a young age through your sister, through your parents, through your life experience that you had to grind and go out there and make it happen. And you've developed what you know appears to be a real joy and, and satisfaction in doing that, which I think is you know exactly where you want to be. I think that's part of why I like what Gina's doing with Leap is because it's not for everybody. No, no. You've got to really love the ups and downs. You've got to love um, the grind. You've got to love being gritty. That isn't for everybody. And, you know, I think that's an important thing for people to know too, but it's clearly for you. Congratulations on your success. And uh, thanks for joining me here. It's been fun and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Brett. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at The Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak.